Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach and motivational speaker who has a passion for helping women who need a second win. She is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Effortless Happiness, How to Find Your Voice and Finally Ask for What You Really Want. She studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, and is a fully certified coach in his program. Also, she has served as an assistant in his training programs. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted thousands of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guests will help you to get your second wind. Now here's your host, Joyce Buford. Good morning. Welcome. We're so glad you're here with us today. Well, I want to know how you all are surviving COVID-19. You know, I like to do a little update of what's happening in Texas because I know in other states, We're all going through different things, and I know certainly in other parts of the world, we are definitely going through other things, but I want you to know what we're, what's happening in Texas. We're slowly opening the states with the request that we observe wearing the mask, wearing the gloves, or washing the hands, and also staying our distances. So, in Texas, and we are one of approximately 13 states that have totally opened up as of June the 1st. And so it's kind of interesting. And the only thing I would like to stress to you is that now I notice when I go to the grocery store, we have been open, we've been started opening about um, maybe 20 days ago. And so as I've seen the more normal, but we'll never be back to what we were called calling normal before. But in as we have become more comfortable in returning to our old routines, I have seen more masks dis- disappear. So we have, I'd say, about 50-50 people wearing the masks. Uh, not a seldom, few people are wearing gloves. Only me. And, um, uh, and the distancing is like it's always been, sorta is, sorta isn't, depending upon the professional office that you're in. So anyway, I just really want to stress that it is ultimately the responsibility is on each one of us. What do you feel comfortable doing? Do you feel comfortable in not wearing the mask? Then, that might be your choice. For me, I am an older citizen, and so I'm going to wear the mask. But I would wear it. My nature is to be cautious. And so I would wear the mask until it said, you don't have to wear those anymore. And I can't tell you when that's going to happen. And I'll keep wearing the gloves, too, at the grocery store. So anyway, and I'll do the best I can do at that six feet uh, distancing. But anyway, I do limit my life. I do not go to the restaurants. All of that is your responsibility. And the key one here is that if you don't feel healthy, if you don't feel um, well, then it's really up to us to limit ourselves, stay at home, monitor where we are so that we don't expose to other people. So anyway... Those are my words of wisdom today, but it's still up to you. 
you are responsible for your life. So as we re-enter our world, which will never be exactly as it was, because now we're much more uh, authoritarian with the Zoom, we're much more used to listening and using the Internet, certainly in business, um, and even in friends. If I wanted to talk to friends, I used FaceTime or Zoom. So anyway, life is kind of going to be a exciting journey. We get to see what will become our norm. And so hang in there. Remember to keep the exercise going because you haven't passed through all the stress yet. We're still in change. So I want you to walk, get out there, be sure you're getting exercise Try to connect as you as you as much as you can with your loved ones for support and your friends, so that you can maintain that stress level. So, with that go with that share, I want to tell you about my guest today, which is just going to be a blast. You're going to love this, Angela Johnson. Is just the most interesting woman. Now. She is a, uh, oh, she is a coach, a podcast host, a, an author, blogger, and she displays, and she has all these skills. She's an artist, a wordsmith, an intuitive marketer, a writer, a rebel, introvert, and a question asker. Now, Today, Angela blends the world of the strategy and the intuition together to guide entrepreneurs to make great money doing the work they love doing. That's a key. As the creator of the intuitive marketing method and the soul messenger archetypes, she blazes the the path for entrepreneurs to trust themselves break the rules, and radically change what they think is possible and make more money without the hustle or hype. I love it. Welcome, Angela. (laughs) Thank you so much, Joyce. It's great to be here. I really appreciate it. Well, I love the way in your website, and I want everybody to go to your website because it was so (laughs) much fun to see your artistic ability and just the way you explain, you have this one overlay that says in 2008, 2009, two, all the things that happened <laughs> in the next yep. years. Because, you know, we decide that we want to be an entrepreneur. I think because we're so optimistic and we want everything to be, uh, work, we kind of have this, um, well, it's a commitment, but yet it's a dream too. And we kind of think it's going to be much easier than it is. Mm-hmm. And I love your openness to share with us that, well, it's not quite that easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, that was definitely my experience. <laughs> so tell us about some of those things that kind of stopped you or were sudden. Um, I, I call them um, path changers. Sent you down a different direction. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, the first the first path changer, I love how you say that, was really, you know, when I started my business. So back in 2008, you know, I was in this path 
And really this, this mindset and this way of thinking and just re- really recognizing that, wow, this corporate life, you know, is in marketing, um, on marketing teams and, and doing some fun work, but it wasn't soul fulfilling. It wasn't uplifting. It was, um, I, you know, I was always that person in every company that I worked for. I would sit down with the CEO or, you know, the owner of the company, and I always tended to work for smaller companies, like the most employees we had as an organization, maybe 75. So they were all small companies. Mm-hmm. And and I would sit down with the CEO and say, what's your vision? Like, what like what do you want to do? And I, and I recognized that that ability and willingness to ask questions was a, a superpower, but it wasn't necessarily treated as a superpower because the response right. I would get was basically just like, go to your office, do your job, get your paycheck every two weeks and get your benefits. Like, why do you have to ask this question? Like, just do what you're being paid to do. But what right. I also recognize that if I didn't know what the vision was, that I didn't know what my contribution meant. And that was not fulfilling work to me. It was like, well, I can't, like, yeah, I guess I could just do this and get a paycheck and be grateful for that. Not that I wasn't grateful, but this is my life that we're, I'm spending here for what? For what? And so that was, you know, so in 2008, my, my path changed when I got laid off and it was the legal way that they could fire me. And it was perfect timing because the day before I went into the office to receive this news, I was very clear about setting the intention of I'm in my perfect, I wrote this down, I'm in my perfect career now, making the perfect amount of money. So next time be a lot more specific with the universe, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, but I yeah. knew that it was something had to change. And so I went from having a job one day to 30 days later, no, you know, no job. There's no savings. There's no, no severance package. And this was also oh. as the housing market in the U.S. was crashing. And so overnight we lost, you know, half the equity in our home. And I just thought, huh, well, <laughs> I should go back and, and get a job. Um, or I could start a business, and I chose to start a business. My dream at the time was to host women's conferences, and I thought, I could do this. Like, mm-hmm. I, why Why not? Why not me? Why, you know, of course I can get, and this was my my naivety at the time, like, mm-hmm. how hard is it to get a 1,000 women in a room? Like, anyone could do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, And, and nice. then I learned, and then I learned that it was a lot harder to get a 1,000 people in the room. Um, and so that was my, my start to, to really claiming something different for myself, and it looked nothing the way I thought it would. It was incredibly difficult um, financially, I mean, every way possible on my marriage, on my health, on my mindset. I mean, everything was challenged. And mm-hmm. so it was a really great <laughs> initiation by fire. Super grateful for it now. I learned a lot about hosting live events and picking keynote speakers and, and actually making them profitable. But that first like, I did host an event, um, I had over 200 attendees. It was, and this was, you know, I had no email list. Facebook, I think I just barely joined Facebook or something. Like there was nothing, like it was just like, huh, well, I'm going to do this through relationships. (laughs) And I had a great volunteer team, and I also lost $40,000 on that first event. And I thought, well, this, I could either have this define me, Mm -hmm. or I could figure out what happened here and make sure this never happens again. And I chose the latter. And then I went on to create, you know, women's conferences and events that generated six figures in profit. Um, But it took some time to 
to really embrace that failure, make things right. Uh, you know, people ask, well, how did you pay that $40,000 with no money coming in because your business was failing, you know, and it was yeah, it took over a story. year. <laughs> yeah, it took some time. So that was my initiation into being an entrepreneur. It was not this dreamy, oh, let's just do this, and it's going to be so lovely and easy. It was incredibly challenging, and I also wouldn't change it for the world because it really showed me uh, what's possible. It showed me that I'm not going to be be taken out quietly and that I've got to change the, you know, the choices that I made that led to a $40,000 loss. That was on me, you yeah. know, so I, I'm glad that I, I, I woke up to another possibility. So when you decided to create that business, you were actually creating the workshop or the event that you wanted Mm -hmm. to produce. So would it be for women? Would it be in Mm -hmm. marketing? I mean, how did you decide on what event to create? Yeah, you know, because I had this vision for a couple of years about – I just I saw, I saw this ripple effect that I thought if we can empower the women in our own backyard, then what can we do globally? Mm-hmm. And I just I kept seeing that the key to changing lives was through empowering women and starting with myself. And I was not a very empowered woman, um, and so I had to start with myself. And so it was years of you know personal development work, things like that. But I just I just kept seeing this vision of I know that when women get in the room together. And there's a space for us to collaborate, to connect, to support each other, to Mm -hmm. learn things about ourselves that may not be the most comfortable things to learn, but we know we have to confront those things. That's how we change our lives. That's how, and then our family units are impacted, then our communities, and that's how, how societies change. Mm -hmm. And so that was always this thing in the back of my head of how can I do this? And I love, you know, I've always loved um, events and workshops. I'm really great at hosting and planning events and details. And I thought, why not? <laughs> you know, I have nothing better to do, so why not? Um, and so that's what I did. So it was a women's empowerment conference. And then slowly my uh, my events started changing more toward entrepreneurs and marketing mm-hmm. and things like that. Because as I started really diving into the business coaching world, then my events definitely transitioned. But there was always this element of transformation. It's not yes. just here's the latest and greatest marketing strategy. Um, it's who are you being? What matters to you? How do you trust yourself? You know, all these, these conversations that we've got to be having in addition to how do we grow profitable businesses. Mm. Yeah. So I see on your site that you, you, you've uh, been on the stages with Lisa Nichols. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth yeah. Gilbert and Lynn Twist. And yes. so were they guests that you invited to these events? Or Lisa were you Nichols brought together through somebody else's event? Yeah, Lisa Nichols was and um I was invited to be a guest speaker on other uh, someone else's event where Lynn Twist was speaking and Elizabeth Gilbert was speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's I, I always think, oh my gosh, that would make my tummy so nervous. To be up on the stage with somebody, <laughs> but you may, may have that same acclaim. I don't know. <laughs> it's it, you know, it's a, it was a little nerve wracking, and I'll, I'll be honest. When I spoke at the event that Lynn Twist was speaking at, I actually didn't know who she was. I knew about her book, but mm-hmm. I didn't like. It was one of those moments like I didn't connect the dots until right before I went up on stage, and I was like, 
wow, I'm so glad I didn't have time to get nervous about this. I just show up and do my thing. <laughs> so, mm, yes. so it was quite, uh, yeah, it was quite ironic how all that worked out. Um, but, but yeah, it was a really amazing, really amazing people. Just really amazing yeah. people. Well, I don't want, I want you to tell me that they were all very nice and personal and supportive because I don't want to know if they weren't. <laughs> you know, they, they were. I mean, I didn't have a chance really to connect with Elizabeth Gilbert off stage. Um, uh-huh. but the woman is brilliant. Like we, uh, there was, it was a small intimate event. There was probably, oh gosh, I want to say no more than 50 people at this event. And so that was incredible to be in the room with Elizabeth Gilbert with, with no more than 50 people. And we did a, wow. I want to say it was a two to three hour workshop. And so that was, it was a multi-day event, um, so it was more kind of a retreat feel, but I've never seen a woman create <laughs> transformation like that in such a gentle way. I don't even know how to describe it. It was incredible to see a woman who has a very different style than, for for example, like Lisa Nichols or even Lynn Twist. Yes. You know, we all have our different speaking style. Um, but mm-hmm. it was, yeah, it was fascinating. So I wasn't able to connect with her on a personal level. Um, but I remember, you know, at the event where Lynn Twist was, we were sitting at the table next to each other. She said, oh, I love what you talked about. And <laughs> she was telling me <laughs> something like that. And I was just like, is this really happening? Like the most personable, <laughs> down-to-earth person, and she was taking notes, and she was learning from other people. And that's that's what really struck me with Lynn is that she was there, yes, as an expert. She was also mm-hmm. there to absorb and to learn and receive from other people. And I feel like that is such an amazing quality, whatever level of, of success you're at. Like it was just such an yes. incredible and refreshing thing to see. So, so yeah, it was really incredible to experience all of them. Mm-hmm. Yes. I've heard other people comment about Jack. You know, I did a lot of work mm-hmm. with Jack Canfield starting out. Mm-hmm. That was really where I first got in, into yeah. uh healing Joyce after her mm-hmm. life change. But, um, they one comment that's always stayed with me about Jack, and I do think he's a really nice professional guy and yeah. a awesome teacher, just awesome. Mm-hmm. And that I've heard people comment about he came to my workshop and he took notes. And I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be teachable, to be teachable and at the same time of owning your own mastery, I think is a brilliant combination. Right. Yeah. So you've made the success in your coaching, but then you also had a very difficult personal thing happen to you um, mm-hmm. when you were, you want to share that? I don't want to share it. Yep. You can share it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so, so dealing with infertility and then in 2017, so it was pretty recent, um, having, oh. finally getting pregnant, the year he turned mm-hmm. 40. So it was, you know, it was funny because my husband and I were like, well, if it doesn't happen by the time I'm 40, then, then we just need to be done with this journey. <laughs> like we're not going to go through the heartache <laughs> anymore. And, and it was, um, right around, you know, I just barely turned 40 and it was the next week I, I discovered I was pregnant and I just thought, well, Huh. Well, that's kind of, <laughs> kind of crazy. And it was when I just started releasing and surrendering to, you know, I'm really okay if this doesn't happen. And so super excited about it. Both my husband and I were just shocked at how excited we were. And then, um, I had a miscarriage. 
and it was mm. devastating. It was it was um, hard. It was um, you know, and I, I shared this for the other women and also men. You know, couples who go through this, it is a death. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not treated as a death. It's like, oh, and I remember going to a networking group one time. It was a local one, and we're all sitting at, you know, these round tables, and it was just, you know, let's ask a, a personal question just to get through all the, you know, business junk <laughs> and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. woman who was facilitating said, okay, well, how many of you have had a miscarriage? And every single woman rose her hand or had, you know, trouble conceiving. And it was just this nonchalant question, and I was sitting there so stunned going, why are you treating this like it's just like, oh, yeah, it happens to every person. And it was mm. such an odd experience that I just sat there and I just thought, this is the problem, is we're not treating this. There's no space. I mean, I guess there is, but not an obvious one for us to talk about the loss and the grief mm. that happens. Mm. It's not just the loss of a life. It's the loss of a dream, a loss of what I thought my life would look like, a loss of my body's not cooperating with the vision that I have. And yes. so how, like, how do I reconcile that? And so through this whole experience, it was really insightful to see, wow, this is, there's not a place for women to talk about this, really. And um, and so I had to reach out to my own community, you know, a couple of friends who have experienced that, and one in particular who, you know, just said, hey, I just want to check in. You know, it was the first Christmas that we would have had a, a daughter. I want to just check mm-hmm. in. I know this is going to look a little different than you thought. Mm-hmm. And so there are all these experiences. And, you know, the other layer to this, is I live in Utah, and so it's a pretty conservative environment here, much like, <laughs> like Texas, I'm assuming. Um, <laughs> and there's this, um, like, as a woman, you're supposed to have children. Yes. And so it was really interesting to not only go through this physical experience, but go through the, to make peace with, not even go through it, to make peace with what does my life mean if I'm a woman who doesn't have children do I have yes. less value and in to mm-hmm. some people's perception I do you know my business should be my empire like if I don't have kids then I should pour myself into my business and I've had people tell me this and it's the most bizarre thing and I just think so it's a beautiful experience to really one look at my own biases to mm-hmm. two embody my value and be unshakable in that and not have to explain you know, the situation or the scenario or, you know, why we didn't try harder or why we didn't do in vitro or all the things or the judgment of, well, you must not have wanted a child that bad because you didn't put your body through hell, literally, (laughs) to, to do all this stuff. And then it was such a personal choice. And so there were so many angles and aspects to not only just coming to terms with, you know, what would it look like if we didn't have kids? What would it look like, you know, when you think about retirement age or you don't have things to pass, you know, to a child? Or what what does life look like when the way you've been taught it should look, like it's not ending up to be that way? And so you've got to define your own rules and you've got to make your own peace with it. And so, anyway, I could talk for hours about all of that, but... (laughs) coming back to really, truly, genuinely making peace with my life path and mm-hmm. and releasing the pressure, releasing the expectation, the judgment, self-judgment included, and, and really recognizing, huh, I really believe that the universe has a bigger 
like it's it's all it's all okay and so yes. this is perfect you know so anyway so long story short um, my husband and I both are really grateful for where we at, we're at right now we're, we get to be very involved with with my siblings children you know, mm-hmm. we're the cool aunt and uncle, <laughs> and then we can send them <laughs> home. Uh, we really like our lifestyle. We really like being able to travel, you know, all the things. And I just thought, wow, this actually, this was the turning point for me, was when I was absolutely grateful for the way things had turned out, mm-hmm. which was shocking to have spent years of my life chasing after something that didn't end up happening, and then being like absolutely deeply grateful that that's the way it worked out. And yeah. that was surprising yeah. to me, you know, and then yeah. other people don't quite get that, you know, that they think I should be still heartbroken over it. And there are moments, you know, I have these moments of, huh, yeah, Christmas morning's a little different without a <laughs> kid, you know, and being excited yeah. that Santa came. But we get to have those experiences with, you know, our nieces and nephews. And so it's, um, but that, yeah, but that also ignited my path to health and recognizing some hormonal imbalances, which was all the infertility stuff was actually connected to a few other things. And so it was a wake-up call to go, okay, what's really going on here? I'm not getting answers from traditional, you know, Western medicine. I've got to go deeper. And so worked with a nutritionist, you know, all the things that all the symptoms I was having for years, instead of ignoring those, going, oh, I didn't know that my body was depleted in this way and that way. Uh-huh. And and so that was a really beautiful surprise to go, oh, like I feel better than I have in years, mm-hmm. you know, because that ignited yeah. my health, my health journey. So there you so have So you it. had put a lot of time and energy into becoming pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In your, in your marriage. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, I can see why the loss of that baby, and I don't know mm-hmm. how far along you were, but the mm-hmm. loss would have been after you put that much into having that child. I could see that as a great loss. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a tough mm-hmm. one. It is. Yeah, yeah. And it's you know, tougher the I... than the lady that just miscarries in one month, two months. Well, uh, you know, I don't, different. I don't know. I don't know that it is because I, you know, it's still like, cause I was just over my first trimester. So it wasn't, um, it, you know, it wasn't as far as a physical, oh. um, process. It wasn't hor- horrifically painful. Like I've heard horror stories. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, talking with, with women who are struggle with infertility or don't struggle with infertility and they miscarry after even just a few weeks, it's that recognition of like, Wow, like, huh, my, my life path is changing before my eyes. Yeah. And I feel a little bit out of, con- like, I can't control it. Like, my body is yeah. doing something yeah. that I didn't, like, <laughs> that I feel like I have yeah. no say in, which is not totally true, but that's what it feels like. And so, you know, talking yeah. with women, as I've been more vocal about it, who've lost, you know, pregnancy from beginning stages to the very end or even stillbirth. It can be very traumatic depending on a person's experience, yeah. but I think, I think that Angela, we, Angela, yeah. I have to break in, right? I'm so oh, sorry okay. to do this, but we have to go to break. Okay. <laughs> and I do, I'm sorry to break in on that because we can visit <laughs> it after break. Okay. Thank you. Great. We'll be okay. back to hear more from Angela. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author Joyce Buford returns after this short break. 
close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the author of Effortless Happiness, continues in this segment to share insights that will help you live a life of greater purpose and filled with happiness. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. We are talking today with Angela Johnson, and she has shared with us a very personal uh, transition in her life, which she will say she really didn't have control over it happening, <laughs> but that was in the loss of her child, um, their child. Uh, so anyway, Angela, just before we leave this subject, you were going to explain something. Yeah, I just wanted to share this, that, you know, whether you have had a pregnancy that ended, whether you had a child that passed, you know, just whatever your experience is, or you were the partner, the spouse that was supporting your loved one through their, their body's experience of this is it's okay to grieve. And, and that's really what I wanted to share with my whole experience of having, you know, finally getting pregnant, having a miscarriage was I recognized that there's not the space to talk about this. And it's something that you just deal with in private. And, and that doesn't help anyone, including you. Like, so there's a space to grieve. So find somebody to talk to. It's a, it is a lot more common than you might think, and you're not alone if you have had this experience. Yes, I agree. You have a wonderful, I, would you call this a blog or an article on your website about grief? Oh, uh, yeah. It's a, yeah, one of my blogs. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you know somebody's going through grief, it would be good to read this. It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, mm-hmm. would be good comfort to you or a friend. Mm-hmm. So, and I want you to go to her website because I think you'll enjoy it. Her business is now, your business is now called Soul Vision Business, mm-hmm. correct? Yes, yes. Uh-huh. So you, so when you left your job, you went, you soulfully, you went in soulfully and you decided mm-hmm. upon those things that really gave you pleasure and joy and happiness. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how you built your business. Yeah, I really started following my passion and what I really wanted to do because I just, I saw people that, you know, were doing the quote responsible thing and working for a corporation and hating Mondays and, and living for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And and I just always was puzzled by that, just going, this is my life force energy that I'm giving away for a paycheck. And there's got yes. to be more fulfillment than this. Like there and I was always that person ever since I was in school, elementary school, going, There's gotta be more than this. Like I just I can't believe that this is like no one's fulfilled. Why do we keep doing this? And <laughs> just being mm-hmm. very perplexed. Yeah. By why are we doing this? And so, so I, you know, when I got laid off, that was this, this, the, the nudge for the not so gentle nudge from the universe to go, go do something different. 
like do it on your own terms. And mm-hmm. while, you know, it's been amazing, there have been some very, very hard times as well. Yeah. But Jennifer, that takes a lot of courage to just look at yourself and mm-hmm. say, okay, I am whole and these are my qualities. I came mm-hmm. to earth with these qualities. Now, how mm-hmm. can I build something at them? Mm-hmm. Sort of like mm-hmm. building blocks. So how did yeah. you have the courage to take all those pieces? And I will admit you're, you're a very gifted woman. You have so many gifts, but mm-hmm. how did you have the, ah, I want to say, Courage seems not descriptive enough, but to take those skills and head out and find a direction. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my belief about courage is that it doesn't, courage does not show up until you make the choice and you actually start taking action. Mm-hmm. And so I did not feel ready. You know, there was, there was definitely a great deal of naivety, like I mentioned before, with my first mm-hmm. women's mm-hmm. conference. It's like, how hard can this be? I know a thousand women. Why wouldn't they want to come and spend two days, you know, being empowered? Like, what's, how hard is that? So, but that naivety actually was a really great gift. Because had I gone into that with, oh, my gosh, this is going to be so hard and so difficult, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it, you know, there were definitely moments of, oh, I don't know if this is going to work. <laughs> you know, I really <laughs> don't know if this is going to work. Um, but it was a gift. And, yes. and I and I looked, and that, that really showed me that our perception, our point of view creates a reality. If I yes. think it's going to be challenging, if I think it's going to be a beautiful experience, then it changes everything. And so I'm really glad that I was completely naive. And at the same time, you know, what what ended up not working out so well is I was so on that path of, you know, just do what you love and the money will follow. Like, it's all going to work out. But I didn't look at my numbers. Like, I got mm-hmm. a really rude awakening of where I was a money avoider. And so I was just shocked when, you know, I got home after the event and looked at the invoices and looked at the bank account and got and thought, wow, these two things do not match. How did this happen? <laughs> like, this was like a rookie yes. mistake. <laughs> like, this was, no, this was a really so bad idea, <laughs> you know. So. I, think, I think a lot of coaches <laughs> go through that. They look and they go, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and that's that's really showed me too. Is once I overcame that, and once I started changing my own money reality, and it, it took years to really shift my money reality and my my mindset around money, asking for money, all the things. There were so many levels, and I feel like I got this, you know, master's degree pretty quickly in money mindset and being able to ask for money and being comfortable <laughs> receiving money and then managing money, like all the things. Um, it's a, it's a really big part of someone's business because I, I also saw that, you know, and I tell my clients this and I said, you know, if you're making decisions based on money desperation, you mm-hmm. likely will not make those same decisions if you had $10,000 or $100,000 sitting in the bank. And so if you're always making decisions based on just the next, the next dollar or the, you know, getting through the next month, that is a path to burnout. I've been there, done that. It's a path to burnout. Like we've got to be smarter about our money. Yeah. Yeah. You have a wonderful tool on your website that I think you're giving us. Is that correct? Yeah. Is that audience? Um, is that the questions? Is that the one you're referring to? Uh, yes, the questions. Yes. yes, yeah. 
So that's it's one of my favorite tools is to ask questions. Questions, what I call expansive questions, are a really great way to tune into your intuition and and really follow your soul's path. So I like, for example, one of the questions I wrote down um, just as you know, the discussion point today was, I wonder what the simple and nourishing solution is. Because my belief is there's always a simple solution, but then we complicate things. <laughs> we get our own, in our own way. But when we ask uh-huh. a question like that, what happens is our brain starts firing different neuropathways. So the synapses start working differently, and we start getting curious. And what happens energetically is because our point of view is now about, hmm, I wonder what the simple solution is. It's also nourishing. And then the, and I, I call it the universe. The universe has a way of delivering that. It always responds. And so why not have it respond to these expansive questions? And so that's a really great way to tap into your intuition. And really what I was saying before is, is get out of the struggle, get out of this hype, get out of this force and get into flow or what I call magic. Magic is when things just show up. You know, the person calls or the client calls or you get invited to that speaking opportunity while you're, you know, out working in your art because that's what's fun for you. Like you have this fulfilling path and it's just magical and there's flow. Yes, there's work involved. Yes, there's ask involved, but it's, we take the struggle out of it. So asking expansive questions are a really great way to, one, start changing the way your brain is working, start introducing more ease, magic, and flow into your life, and really start manifesting the power the power that you're capable of. So it's a whole PDF of how to ask expansive questions, my favorite questions to ask to open up your money flows, and that's what's available for you guys. Well, why is it that asking those types of questions about what would it take to receive $1,000 today, mm-hmm. how, how is that that question, is it because it opens up the possibilities? Uh, and can you just, can yeah. I just say that today and action would be the results or not? Yeah, so the, yeah, it, it depends, you know, because some people ask, so let's just think about questions that we normally ask. Oh, my gosh, why is okay. this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? And, you know, or a child spills something like, why did you do that? Those <laughs> are actually not questions. Those are judgments with a question mark at the end of it. It limits possibility. You can even, as you say a question like, like, you know, like, why does this happen to me? Or why does this always happen to me? Okay, there's a question mark at the end of it. But it's all about victim consciousness. And so when you go, why does this happen to me? The universe always responds. And it's like, well, because <laughs> this, 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 and this, and this. And it, it activates on all those limiting beliefs, you know. And so when we really start looking at and that's why I call it an expansive question, a question that is truly about curiosity, truly mm-hmm. about expanding possibilities and letting go of attachment. And so when you ask a question like, what would it take to receive $1,000? It today, what would it take to receive a thousand dollars today? And you just start looking at it and thinking about it versus what would it take to receive a thousand dollars today? But the attitude and the energy behind it is I never have money. This never works out uh-huh. for me. I always have to work really hard. But when you're asking from the place of curiosity of what would it take? Hmm, I wonder. And then you start getting ideas and you get that thought of, you know what, I should follow up with that person. I should send them a message. But then your stink, yeah, I call it the stinking thinking, <laughs> gets in the way. Yes. Uh, well, no, I don't want to be pushy or whatever it is. But it's like, well, hold on a second. We just asked a question. You had an inspired idea. 
and now you're going to talk yourself out of it. And that's where people get stuck, is they talk themselves out of what is an inspired idea, and and it's not just, oh, I'm not just making stuff up. It's, no, there is an inspiration here. Follow through on it. And so earlier you asked, like, how did I have so much courage to do this? Like, this is the courageous work. This is the work to trust yourself, to follow through on those inspirations. And when you get in the habit of asking questions, following the inspiration, taking action on it, then you can start to see this trajectory of your life starts expanding. Like things Uh start flowing. You get out of your own way. You start attracting opportunities and people and things that are supportive of your vision rather than distracting or diluting your vision. And it's a practice, just like anything, just like if we're exercising or doing yoga or affirmations or whatever it is, this is just one tool that I found that works really, really well. Mm-hmm. And, and it changes also the whole process of what you're creating instead of, again, this, well, yeah, I created $100,000 in my business, you know, and this was me. It was like, well, yeah, I was burned out. My marriage was on the rocks. My health sucked. I felt like crap. I wasn't sleeping. I didn't have ideal clients. My cash flow sucked, even though I was receiving $100,000 <laughs> plus. Like, it was like, oh, wait a second. And I was doing all that from the place of hustle and push and hard work and things had to be hard. And so when I shifted to, I wonder how easy this can be. I wonder how Mm. much fun I can have. You know, that's another expansive question. I wonder how much fun I can have doing X, Y, Z or receiving a hundred thousand dollars this year, whatever your goal is, it changes everything. Yeah. Now, have you written a book? I have written, I have actually two drafts of <laughs> books right now. Um, I'm a contributing, See, I'm a contributing author. <laughs> yeah. I'm a contributing author to a, um, a series. I can't remember what kind of, there's a specific term for that type of a book, but I'm a contributing author to a book. Yeah. Well, maybe that's the question that creates that book. <laughs> Moves it. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yes, I love that. <laughs> it sounds like it would be fascinating. Really, really so helpful. Yeah. But you do teach a course in this as well, correct? I do, yeah. So, and, and really in all my coaching, it's really based on asking expansive questions. And, you know, and, and people say, well, where did you learn how to do this? Like, I'm not the only person. There are many people who talk about the power of questions. So for those of you who your your interest is, is peaked here, I'll just give you a couple of resources. Um, there's a book called A More Beautiful Question. I can't remember the author's name, but you can just Google that. It's fascinating when it talks about this is the science behind why questions work. Um, so A More Beautiful Question, Noah St. John talks about affirmations, not affirmations. And so he's about putting this aff- an affirmation and posing it as a question. Um, Gay Hendricks, Gay and Katie Hendricks, are also two people um, who've taught about questions and the power of questions. There's a body of work called Access Consciousness. They use a lot of questions in their work. So those are just a handful of resources. But asking questions is not unique to me. Um, I just happen to be studying this for, you know, gosh, probably 15 years now and really started honing in on this in the last several years. Um, and yeah. it's it's amazing. And when you think about the other thing I'll add here is when we think about coaching, you know, mm-hmm. actual coaching is asking questions. 
And a lot of times people call themselves a coach, but they're not asking any questions. They're more of a consultant. And not that I want to get into semantics, but I think it's a really important distinction. And so when I was, you know, doing some coach training years and years ago, I remember being told, keep the, the client in the question. And I thought, well, what does that mean? And it was, don't answer your client's question with an answer because that's your truth. That's not ah, their truth. Yes. So keep your client in the question. And and the only thing we were allowed to do during this, there was a personal development training that I was a, a coach with, um, is ask more questions. If someone asks, you know, says, oh, I really want this to happen in my life, then we can say, well, if you just did this, this, and this, and this, and that's, that's the easy way. That's the, that's the cheap way to tell mm-hmm. someone what their truth is. But to ask someone a question and be patient enough and hold space for that person to arrive at their own truth. That is life changing. Mm-hmm. And so when they look yeah. at just the coaching profession and actual like pure coaching of asking questions, then we can see the power of when someone asks you a question and also trust when you trust yourself that you will have the answer, that's mm-hmm. the transformation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I want to, where can the, my audience go to get that, those, the PDF guide? It's on yeah, your website, let, I know. It is. Let me actually see if I have the link right here. And, and I th- are you going to post I think the I, link? I think it's on this sheet. It's HTTP colon slash backwards slash backwards slash bit IT dot LY slash money flow questions and they yes. also can go to your website and do it mm-hmm. right yeah so right. if you go to bit.ly so it's bit.ly bit.ly and that money flow questions all one word and that's uh-huh. it, that's where you can opt in and it's a whole it's i don't know it's like a 20 page pdf that i talk about why questions work how they work but also my favorite money expansive questions to ask and play with ah nice Nice. I went to your website as I usually do when for my guests and, and it was very I loved the website because it was so creative, but there were other things like there was a course there that you offer, a free course. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. just other things that I think my audience would like to go to if they want to take advantage of more of your teaching and of course free is always better for right now <laughs> so uh your website is www.angela with two l's a-n-g-e-l-l-a johnson j-o-h-n-s-o-n.com mm-hmm. yes yeah and so there you'll also find i have an intuitive marketing it's a free course it's an introduction course where I teach my intuitive marketing matrix, which is how to create a one-page marketing plan that comes from your soul. It's not this formula you have to plug yourself into. And also you'll see where I ask questions in that as well. But, yeah, there's some great resources resources on that site as well. Yeah, you're very generous. So we, we appreciate that. I know my <laughs> audience does. Now, I want to know of all these questions, and I, I you asked these questions, questions about you say who am I and you explain mm-hmm. but there is a very dear loves of my life and I thought mm-hmm. that was so special and I'm going mm-hmm. to take the time to read it so they'll know how special it is my mm-hmm. hubby mm-hmm. my crazy family mm-hmm. my nieces and nephews 
deep conversations, sunsets, the smell of rain, rainbows, laughing so hard I snort. <laughs> it seems to be happening on a regular basis since I turned 40. Well, I love it. Make things with my hands. I love that. And that's what you need, why you need to go see. She's done a beautiful job talking about why I do what I do and what is unique to me. But I want to know, you've done such a spectacular job building your business. And you have conferences all over the, you speak and have conferences all over the world. What, what is the next hill that you want to take? That is such a great question. And I, uh, you know, it's really about incorporating more of my art. Um, I, I was ah. just, my first business was a jewelry design business. And once I realized, oh, I don't want to mass produce jewelry <laughs> and, and keep trading my time for money, I, I headed into women's conferences and then coaching. Um, so my art has really made a reappearance back in my life. And so, so how to incorporate more of my art and, and, you know, and it's, um, I've got so much information and so much content, and it's about also how to share that with more people. And mm-hmm. so I'm really excited about some membership models and courses and, and things like that that I'm launching in 2020. You know, this this year has definitely been different. <laughs> you know, I don't yeah. think that any of us are doing what we thought we'd be doing when it's almost what almost June. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so really looking forward to how this will continue to evolve as far as this year and and what I'm what I'm sharing with people. Well, I definitely think for the, that the internet has exposed so many people to the benefits of internet, the flexibility mm-hmm. of internet, that right. it gives us that are teachers and coaches and, and special skilled people in that way, wanting people to learn new things, that it's a great time for us for creating. So we can reach so many more people. You know, the the live has been so difficult for, it's limited some people from coming great distances, certainly. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. um, I just see that world really growing so that many more people can take advantage of the teaching that's out there. Mm -hmm. Many Mm -hmm. more people can see that beautiful artwork on your website. (laughs) <laughs> right yeah you know and it really is there's you know i think that we're seeing how one how important human connection is mm-hmm. you know and also how well i don't think that anything can replace being in the same room with other people who are there for a common cause that mm-hmm. we can still create connections and build relationships just like what we're doing over the phone over the internet but but the effort and just taking um making the effort to can to actually connect with people, not get something from someone, but genuinely connect. And I think that that is really the key to to everything in life, <laughs> you know, all of our relationships. Right. But right. when I tell people, you know, people are struggling in their business or whatever it is, and and, and I'm very um, very aware of of the struggles of people. Um, particularly, you know, in the service industries and where, gosh, two weeks, you know, after not having customers that they can't pay their employees. Like, I'm very um, conscious of those things. And for those of us who we do have the opportunity to have an online business, lean into relationships. Like, lean into relationships. Actually connect with people. 
joint venture with people, collaborate with people. Like that's where I really feel like that's what's calling us all to go back to relationships and, mm-hmm. and online, you know, having an online presence is great, but it's also, there's a lot of online noise and a lot of white noise and a lot of people offering trainings. And so like, how do yes. you break through all that white noise? And it's through relationships. Yep. So when people ask, well, how do I build my business right now? I lean into relationships. It's like marketing is really simple if we actually allow it to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I've loved, I live in a neighborhood and my town is about a hundred thousand. And so I've loved seeing all the bicyclers come in mass down my streets (laughs) where before you never see a bicycle, you know, (laughs) but all ages are starting to bicycle again. You live in Utah. Where do you live in Utah? So I live in Ogden, Utah. So it's about 30 minutes north of Salt Lake City. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a beautiful mm-hmm. state. Mm-hmm. It is, yes. All right. <laughs> so have you, when I researched Utah, you never did have a stay at home um, by your government. Governor, yeah, you? you know, we, it was a suggestion. Our, our, I don't, I don't, in my personal opinion, I don't believe that our leadership really handled it well. Um, it was very confusing depending on the county you lived in, depending on the school, you know, the school district. Um, and so my day to day life really didn't change a whole lot. I work from home anyway, and I chose to, I love what you shared at the beginning of, you know, it is your personal choice. It's your personal responsibility. I a hundred percent agree with that. And so my choice has been, well, I am, I am staying home in that, Day-to-day life, again, was not very different. Um, but, you know, we're not going to restaurants. We're not going to movie theaters. The state is starting to, to slowly open back up. And it's yeah. not from a place of fear. It's from a place of, you know, I'm just actually really comfortable being at home, and my day-to-day life is not a whole lot different. Um, yes. But I think I'm, it's just taking that extra, being extra conscious, conscious yeah. about, hmm, what does, you know, my choices impact other people? Yes. And so I wanted, I want to take responsibility for that. So that's been mm-hmm. my choice is to yes. stay at home, wear a mask, you know, just <laughs> be, be aware. That's it. Just really be aware from a place of self-compassion, from a place of awareness, not a place of fear. Yes. So would you share with us where if somebody had a question they wanted to ask you, how they would mm-hmm. get to you? Yeah, so on my website, there's a contact form, but also a really great place. If you're an entrepreneur, you want to be part of a group of other what I call solopreneurs, the soulful entrepreneurs who are building a business in a way that we've talked about today. My Facebook group called Business Alchemy with Angela is a really great, it's a small community, um, so that's a great place to ask me questions as well. Ah, so, yeah, my website right. or my Facebook group would be a great place yes. to connect with me. Wonderful. Well, we are coming to the close of our hour, and I am so thankful that you agreed to come on Second Wind. Mm -hmm. I have enjoyed our talk and our discoveries uh, about your work and how you impact others. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate the space that you're creating to have these really great conversations, so thank you. Yes. Well, stay well, and uh, I'll see you on uh, Facebook. That sounds great. <laughs> thank you so much, okay. Joyce. Yes, thank you. <laughs>
Well, as we come to the close of our hour, I hope that you will take this great information that Angela has shared with us. You will go to her website, Angela Johnson, www.angela with two L's, a Johnson, and uh, look at her website. Find out what she offers. Take advantage of the uh, PDF that she has for you that's free there. You can sign up for it on the website. And just take advantage and um, learn about opening yourself up to the questions to be asking the universe for the flow of money. This week is important. Go out and make good decisions, stay safe, make safe decisions, and change the world. Thank you for being here. Joyce Buford returns next week at the same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving the support they need through their transitions and are able to reclaim their true purpose with confidence. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at JoyceBufordEmpowers.com.